0: We go again, feeling ready to begin. Listen up, push play and plug your headphones in. Another draft has come to pass. Now build your deck and send the rings let Jeff and shop your chin. Yeah, just let us pitch in, help you out. That's why we're here. Yeah, yeah, shout. Let me hear you shout. Hey, 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 he's out of control.
1: Jeff is dunking now and he's dunking in his hole. It might be uh, two weeks in a row, Jeff donks loose boxes the loose box.
0: I'm gonna predict oh. something. I'm gonna predict something. Yeah. I'm gonna predict that you don't win this week.
1: I better not. or else things are gonna get out of control, Sean.
0: I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna predict that uh, I'm gonna predict that Ian wins this week.
1: Ian, you better come for me. Ray, you better come for me. You better bring it. Corey, Johan, guys, somebody's got to oh. take me down. Really? Somebody's got to take me down. Welcome. So let's draft. Really, Sean, that's right. I am the troll. My wife called me a troll today. Yeah, you probably deserved it. What do you think, Eric.
2: Yeah, he deserved
1: it. What? We were just playing a game and I just bragged about something when I did something good. It was yeah. fine. I didn't yes. even win.
2: <laughs> yeah, I won.
1: What did you win? What game did we play today?
2: Uh, we played Ticket to Ride Europe. if you have ever played Ticket to Ride it's like Is
0: that They Sean opened a, a pack
1: too. I think Sean also has a pack of M twenty well, one.
0: I don't have I don't have M twenty one. What is that sound you're making over there? No, it's none of your business. Oh boy.
1: Ready to do this, Eric? We got to pack a pack of Cora 21 here. Shout out to my store Rising Star, Oakdale, Minnesota. Ready to bust us out, Eric? See what Sean wants.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Let's okay. do it.
2: Capture Sphere, Thrill of Possibility, Valorous Steed. You're gonna
1: have to read some of these. Like we know all those read, first two, but what is this, this thing? Yeah, let's uh, do.
2: Valor's Steed is a 5-mana, 3-3 three, three Vigilance, uh, and when it ETBs, you create a 2-2 two, two white knight creature with Vigilance. Hmm.
1: So you then, get 5-5 five, five Vigilance for 5-mana, it's just not on one body. So it's yeah. a good card. And it's then good card. You,
2: there, there's also Read the Tides, 6-mana, choose one, draw three cards. You can either draw three cards or turn up to two creatures to their <laughs> owner's hands. Not, I don't think it's amazing. Uh, Gloom Sower, seven mana, eight six. Whenever it becomes blocked by a creature, that creature's controller loses two life and you gain two life. So the person can either block and take eight damage, or or l- probably lose a creature, two life, and. You are going to gain two life.
1: This next card here, Eric, unless you're skipping it, this next card here has beat me a couple times already.
2: Infernal Scarring. This, where'd
1: you skip the one in your hand? Oh.
2: Colossal Dreadmaw. Oh. Regular old six mana, six, six for tri- for six.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: And an in- Infernal Scarring. Two mana, enchant creature, one. Enchanted creature gets plus two, plus zero, and when this creature dies, draw a card. Uh, Roaming Ghostlight. Five mana, Flyer, three, two. And run ETBs. return up to one target non-spirit creature to its owner's hand. Shock, Sabertooth Mauler, four mana, three, three. At the beginning of your end step, if a creature died this turn, put a one-one counter into Sabertooth Mauler and untap it. And then, uncommons. Oh, you should pick a common first.
1: Pick a common, Sean. Hmm. I I do like shock. He says he likes shock.
2: Yeah, I would would take shock then uncommons we have bad deal six mana you draw two cards and each opponent discards two cards each pair each and then each player loses two life i mean you draw two and your opponent discards two is already okay uh and making but both people do lose two but then and then we have a four mana uncommon kinetic auger, trample its power is equal to the number of instant sorcery cards in your graveyard. And on ETVs, you discard up to two cards and then draw that many cards. Ooh, and lower scale Coddle. Whenever you draw a card, it's a three mana Tutu. Whenever you draw a card, put a some counter on lower scale Codel. I really like that card. Every single turn, it's getting bigger and bigger. I
1: had two the other day and got smashed, but I don't think I built the deck right. What do you got? What's the last card here? Of course, the rare here. Ooh, the
2: rare is Vito Thorn of the Duskrose. Three mana, one three. Whenever you gain life, target opponent loses that much life, and for five mana, you can give all your creatures life link.
1: And I got beat by this thing too. You're pulling out all the cards that have been beating me.
0: Yeah, that card's really that rare is very good.
1: That's uh, yeah,
2: Sean's
0: uncle.
1: That. That's Sean's uncle. Yeah. Duskrose. Well, do you have a pack?
0: I don't. I, I don't have uh, I did not get 21.
1: He was messing oh gosh. with us. 21, 21.
0: So what are you taking, Sean? Is it veto? Oh yeah, I think I would slam that card. I think it's been... every time I've seen it, it's been uh-oh. Thanks, Eric. Um,
1: I've had this played against me.
0: Yeah, me too. And then
1: I bounced it so I didn't die the next turn and then it just stopped me from... I ended up dying the turn after that instead. <laughs> i'm like oh no i'm gonna die next turn what can i do oh i can bounce it and
0: then the turn after that they played it and activated it and i died uh i lived for a while against it um but eventually in the end it got me
1: now in here also is a uh land and i'm kind of glad it's not a dual land with gain one life because uh these lands are really cool i like what they did with them i seem to say that in every set lately i like the lands actually Mm -hmm. i didn't i don't don't know how much i got in the aquaria lands but usually i love the lands and uh these are cool i like how they integrated the uh symbol on the bottom with the pick on top and they're just going for something different again and I, I kind of like it.
0: yeah I think the lands are good. they look cool. so
1: um, I'm yeah not tro- I'm not a troll by the way Sean.
0: no no you're not. no. how do you how do you feel? how are you feeling about how are you feeling about this set so far? well I don't I don't hear you jumping right, on. I'm getting here you get on here. I'm guys, I got fifty-seven ways of Sunday to talk to you about the things we're gonna do with this set and how we're gonna do it.
1: I'm trying to approach the podcast differently. You know, I listened to some podcasts, especially oh like boy. the one we were on with Arjuna, and then I oh, think yeah. the one right after that. Mm-hmm. I talked so much. Hmm. So much. And I mean, and that's that's what the patrons want. I mean, I get about ten emails every day being like, You should talk
0: more. Yeah, they but- should.
1: But it's a, uh, it's just, I think it's a good thing for me to self-evaluate here and maybe ask not a listen. question, not listen would be good. I cannot listen. Right. You just take a nice little stroll. It has nothing to do with the fact that I'm not dunking so far. The reason that I'm not just talking about this format.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, I'm, the, one, the one thing I've noticed is that Red has been open almost every, every draft I've been in.
1: Almost every time, man. I see it.
0: Four four drafts I've done. I've Taking know triple outside. red
1: card on my first pick because I just know it's going to be there every time.
0: No, I've only been in red once, but um, so do you think red's not good? Is that kind of what you're getting at here? I don't know. I just I, I don't have. I have really very few insights to give today. I apologize. You I told played. me hot. You told me
1: today was hot take day.
0: Yeah, totally hot taken. Um, I have been uh, beat around pretty good with this set so far like thinking I had decent decks going into it and, okay, okay. Um, and really never getting more than two wins. So that feels, it, it's been pretty frustrating to me so far. Um, well,
1: I think this is useful though. Cause what we can talk about are the decks that dunked on us. I'm similar boat. I went two and three with, I tried to draft a mill deck with two and three wasn't very good. Then I went zero oh and three with an abomination that was um, mostly blue splashing a teeny bit of oh yeah it was a a blue white flyers weird like prowess thing that didn't work i think prowess is supposed to be blue red not blue white and then uh, currently i'm in a green deck that's one and one i'm pretty sure it's my best deck so far but so i'm I'm kind of in the same place sean i don't have a lot of victory stories to tell but i think i have a couple opinions because i've seen some decks do well against me
0: yeah well i've had some things that have been very powerful that i kind of figured out on my own that uh, or whatever, like just by playing the cards that um I definitely want to talk about. One of them is the um seasoned uh hollow blade and White. What's that? That's a two drop, three one, <clears throat> one white, one colorless. Discard a card, tap seasoned hollow blade, it gains indestructible until end of turn.
1: Yeah, so this is a card that's been talked about on the uh on the uh spoilers you know some of the other podcasts out there, and people have differing opinions and aren't sure how powerful it's going to be. So I'm curious, so, what do you think?
0: It was well, it was very good. Um, For you or against you? I played with it. Uh, the The deck that I thought was the very best deck that I made so far was mo- almost mono white, um, and um, and so it had this card in it. It also had the guys that um, make your pl- either give a plus one plus one counter or make or pump your plus one plus one counter guys it's a one drop okay
1: um we know all the cards everybody just like you I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you exactly which card it is I'm not pulling up right anything now. we're all lucky that you're here, Sean because you're the one who's actually willing to pull up these this details that everybody needs to know I'm just assuming okay. everybody kind of knows what we're talking about, but I don't even well, know this set completely
0: yet no I'm that's part of the problem and that's part of what I'm realizing that I'm gonna get to eventually here too I'll just say it while I look for this card is that I, the last few sets, I've dived really deep before we before we played them, and I had, didn't do any and all barely anything with this because we didn't do a review, none of that stuff, right? So um I kind of went into a blind. Oh, here it is. Sorry, it's another. I re- wanted to do that intentionally, though, too. I I've been meaning
1: to try to approach a game more or a set more fresh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: just because even though going into it with a ton of research off the bat usually lets you get a quick jump on the set i find and usually i'm winning a lot at first when i do that i think it also sets us these really weird preconceptions yeah i found my second in like three quarters through a set before i finally admit to myself a card's good just because all the reviews you know initially all said it was bad and it's so hard for me to get that out of my head
0: right um so this deck all weighs on the plus one plus one counter there's 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 got to be a deck green-white deck that is just ridiculous with plus-one, plus-one counters. I have not put it together, but I know all the cards are there.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, green-blue seems like it's supposed to be that. I mean, uh, white. yeah, green-blue seems like it's supposed to be that deck, but I played against a red-white deck that was also utilizing the white counter synergy. Um, mm-hmm. There's this cat for four mana. You get like, uh, it's like 3-3 three, three cat or something like that. Honestly, I can't remember how big it is. But when it comes into play, you get put a plus-one, plus-one counter on up to two creatures yes the downside of this card is it's too white so it's a heavy white you know you want to be in a heavy white deck but i found this card for example to be very good um this card was beating me up uh, for sure it's called
0: basari's accolade yeah it's part of the thing i was going to get to here eventually with this deck um so this other card is there's a the uncommon that uh i was talking about the two drop that gives you plus one plus one and it uh It's called the tempered veteran. So for one white mana, it's a one-two for two. For one white mana, tap it, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature with a plus one plus one counter. Oh, that's pretty ridiculous, huh? Or for six mana, you can put a plus one plus one counter on a creature. So late game is good on mana sync, right? Uncommon. Uncommon. Yeah. Um, but I had I had two of those and this other common that I just talked about, the one that you can make indestructible, right? Yeah. And then nothing big. Right, I, I, well, I played these walls as well, these three, zero, three walls that whenever a creature attacks, it gets plus one, plus one, because you don't care. You're attacking with that guy every turn, right? You don't yeah. care. Um, and, and it just makes his offense bigger, they have to block him. Uh, and then there's another, like um, the, the other common that I played along with it was give a plus one, plus one uh, counter to a creature you control, and then it also gains protection from a color until the end of your turn. That card's great because it, puts a plus one plus one counter permanently on one of your right. creatures So now you can start to pump it right right um uh the other one is um whenever uh, uh the makeshift uh makeshift battalion is the other creature so whenever it attacks with two or more creatures it gets a plus one plus one permanent right
1: so, so it's th- probably just a mono white deck that can leverage the counters on huh? then I know green messes around a little bit with counters blue messes around a little bit with counters. so you can probably splash either of those colors to get that
0: going so there, there there's the green white um, signpost which is a green white for a 2-2 and if one or more plus one plus one counters would be put on a creature you control that many plus one gets put on there instead that, and then, uh, so you're basically getting an extra one every time you put one on there. And then when this creature dies, you gain life equal to its power. So if that thing is also gaining plus one, plus one counters, then. Okay.
1: So we, we, believe, this, we believe this deck's good.
0: So I, I, I don't know. I, play, like, right. I can't really tell you whether any of my decks are good because I honestly, I just got smashed. So I don't know. Oh, so so and, you
1: already played this one out fully. I did. Yep. Okay. All
0: right. Yep. I, I well, felt then, like it was. Well, then let's ahead.
1: not talk about our decks, right? Let's talk about the decks that have been beating us. Okay. I got a couple I got some stuff here that's I think is pretty good. Okay. Um so another card
0: in white that you hold on though, up. there's one more card yeah. it's important for that deck that we didn't yeah, get yeah, into yeah. it. So the the um the it's called uh, vasari Solidarity and it's just put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. Okay yeah i cards. i just
1: don't know if that deck's good or not right it, it, all those cards do have did you find like two cards in particular that went really well together or that like curved out well um you're saying a lot of it had to do with the three one is that kind of what you felt like was the crux of the deck
0: yeah i was just able to attack every turn with that card and it was it was very difficult for them to deal with it
1: okay so you think if you get one of those three ones you may want to get some ways to put counters on it you think that is probably a good strategy to go for because that makes sense
0: yeah, the other thing is, yeah. Then there's, there's the Enchantment Light of Promise, too, which I think can, is has a potential to get broken as well, but we can get there later.
1: Yeah, and that's one that gives them protection?
0: No, that one is Enchanted Creature. Whenever you gain life, it gets that many plus one, plus one counters. Ooh, okay, nice. I like it. Yeah, yeah okay. What do you think of the removal so, in this set? I, I haven't played against a ton of it, to be honest. Um, so it, it it's I guess I would say that I, the most I saw was the green green removal, and it seemed good because uh, the fight spell is just a um, your creature deals dance punch rather than a, a fight.
1: There's a red one at uncommon that seems amazingly good. It's like feel deal five damage instant speed. Yeah, I didn't see that. Some of the removal in this set doesn't seem that good, right? Like the black common removal is so expensive, for example. Yeah. Um okay you mentioned in the earlier review that that white card that for one white and a colorless you get to blink a creature and then a 4/4 four, four angel takes yeah. its place
0: yeah
1: or like you exile the creature it doesn't blink it just goes away right um yeah that card's amazing man and so i think what it is is it's just when i used it once myself and it was okay like i didn't find a way to completely up my opponent but when my opponent played it against me, it was incredible. And that's just... I pointed a removal spell at his creature or their creature. And they're just like, well, here you go. And so then my removal spell is kind of blanked. I mean, it's like I killed it, but then they get a 4-4 four, four in return yeah. for two mana. It was a really good exchange. So I think that white card is quite good. Um, yeah. Oh, I remember what they did. I didn't try to remove their creature. I had already put... <laughs> that's right i had already put a capture sphere on their creature several turns earlier okay and then like when i attacked into them they did that and they got rid of their capture sphere creature got rid of my capture sphere and got a four four angel that just blocked it was really nice it was really good yeah someone got me like that with that card too so that card's super good um the card, the deck that I was trying to beat that deck with was a mill deck, which honestly wasn't good at all. Um, I don't know if it's because the mill card is this three drop in blue enchantment, and I just found that all the other good cards I wanted to play in blue also were around the three drop. What do you think about the card drops, Sean? Like, I'm I'm finding a hard time getting solid two drops in this format unless I'm in an aggressive deck. I'm, I'm having a hard time finding, like, a solid... Uh, blue two drop or you know like these defensive blue two drops or defensive two drops so other than the green three three wall i don't know i have just i find myself uh stuck a lot on the threes a lot of three drops in my decks and that's usually not great
0: yeah i have been more on I'm like missing my four drops i guess four okay. drops have been harder for me to find you've um, been getting your
1: twos you've been getting your twos out
0: yeah, for for whatever reason, I've been in heavily um, aggressive decks and okay, like that makes low sense. curve decks. Yeah.
1: Now I know you played a bunch of two drops of these three three walls that can attack if you have a creature with four or greater. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that card?
0: Uh, I think it's good. I think it's good when you're in that deck. I, I mean, uh, I don't know. I can't. It's hard. I it's so know. hard. Okay. It's so hard for me to say because it, I because I really felt like I crapped the bed. Like, I, I. I I don't know. I don't feel like I've get, had a really fair shake yet. To I, sure. I think I should play two out of three in the beginning and not the best of one because I don't really feel like I'm getting a a good here. feel of the cards. Well, then you just tell
1: me if you think I'm right or wrong on some of these opinions because I got a bunch more here. Um, so in my mill deck, the problem with that was, uh, again, I didn't have good defensive two drops. So,
0: so are deep. we talking about Teferi's tutelage?
1: <laughs> yeah. That, that I think I, the card is really good. You do? I do. So, yeah, what I ended up having is those with a lot of the other three drops that mill that, like, draw a card and throw a card away. And then I played the deck two different ways. I played it splashing red and splashing green. When I was playing it with green, I had two quaddles at the three drop as well. Right. Uh, Just had way too many threes. And then at the four, I had these crabs to keep myself alive, you know, these big butt crabs. And, yeah, it just didn't work out for me at all. Uh, I I was getting, like, run over sometimes by – Aggressive decks and sometimes just by big green stompy creatures. And yeah, I think Colossal Dreadmaw is good again. Seems like this card is good in every set it comes out in. I think the Dreadmaw, from what I can see so far, is a very solid card. I was getting beat by that for sure.
0: I think it's good because after you play it on turn three, there's a few different ways that turn four can be disgusting for your opponent. If you play on turn three, if you play that card and then you play Reign of Revelation on turn four, where you draw three cards. That's... Yeah, but
1: you're getting smacked hard though. You've taken off turn three and four, and yeah, I know you've milled them for a ton, but you've also probably taken about eight to twelve damage between those two turns too. You know, maybe not that much, but like ten damage or something. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's there's plenty of um. the when I've been beat by it, they they're playing um frost breath and um, oh yeah
1: the thing that taps your creatures for two turns
0: yeah they're just keeping the ones that pitch them back to your hand and then just the 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 death touch small death touch black small death touch creatures and just laugh at you when you attack and then make and then draw three more cards and that's That's how i got
1: milled i think i didn't have enough small creatures maybe you even want the zero three wall that scries to I just needed more little dinky creatures to keep me alive. And that just wasn't happening. I needed, I needed one in two drops because starting with the threes and fours is when I started getting the mill going. And like by that time I wasn't playing creatures anymore. So I needed to yeah. a creature on the board early and I wasn't able to do it.
0: with that deck. I think you really want to be in Demir and I think you want the removal that Demir has because you don't care if it's turn five when you're playing finishing blow, right? You don't right. care then. Also the fetid imp, you don't care. You're not attacking with it. It's just sitting out there with death touch, waiting for their flyer or whatever that you need to deal with. Um, there's another card too, where you in what you can do is just you, what you sacrifice your creature and draw two cards. Yeah. That's perfect for this deck as well. Cause you're milling them mm-hmm. for four and then you're, you know, sacrificing on a block. So you're getting all this uh, advantage out of, um, sacrificing your stuff. It's, it's Demir at its finest. Oh, we love you Demir. I love you. Yeah. And then you play the, the obsessive stitcher, bring back a, you know, card from your uh, graveyard to the battlefield and do it again. It just makes me want to throw up. actually, I don't want to do that. So another
1: card that beat me during that deck was uh, a, d- a deck that had a uh, that equipment that's like one colorless, one black, and it keeps getting bigger every time a creature dies. Yeah, I played that in a green black deck. It's really good. Um I think the red black men- the red black sack deck is real in this set. Um I played it against it a couple times, and I think that card is obviously good in it. But um have you played against this card called uh oh I can't don't know if I can read it in my screenshot. Hobblefiend? Is that what it's called? Hubble Fiend? Hobble Fiend. This thing's amazing, man. I mean, I don't know if it's amazing, but it's been working against me. It's this two-one common for two. And then you can sack a creature to give it like a counter or something like that. Yeah, a plus one, plus one, yeah. Right. So what I find is people playing this with the stupid little goblin arsonist, the one one that deal one damage when they die. Yep. As well as the, uh, like, it's called the Havoc Berserker or something. It's this five-five that looks like it's flying, but it's not. And when yep. it's an uncommon, whenever a creature dies, it pings something for one. The Havoc Chester, yes. Yeah. So these three cards together, two are commons, one's an uncommon. And then I'm sure, you know, you start throwing some black synergy in there as well for sack. And, uh, you know, if you think about what this is doing, the, the Hubble Fiend, you know, is sacking an arsonist it's getting bigger and then the arsonist is dealing one damage plus the berserker is doing one damage plus this is can all be done instant speed during combat to make your opponents you know stuff really tricky yeah um i think i think this black red deck is good and I, I think the hobble fiend and the uh havoc jester are a big part of it and then maybe if you have those pieces you start, start throwing some arsonists in there
0: yeah, that's when shock and scorching dragon fire and all those removal at, at the low cost also, I think, become better as well. Oh, to get rid of these things. Yeah. For sure. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, here's another time that I lost with my mill deck. This was, re- or no, I won. That's right. I found a way to win, but this was ridiculous. There's a card in this set that's this uncommon um, artifact creature. It's like a three, five for five. Mm-hmm. But for two mana and no tap, it can put a card from your library back on, or from your graveyard back in the bottom of your library right it's like drunk trawler kind of but a little different you know yeah i played with it i was trying to mill this person out and they just kept putting everything back but then i finally had one turn where i could bounce their creature at the end of their turn and then mill them out completely but man that was close i I think that card i don't know if it's good a lot that three five card but it sure was good against me
0: um also want to just honorable mention the chrome replicator the five drop four four that if you have another creature in play of two the same name basically um, you get another 4-4, four, four, so you get two 4-4s four, for five mana. That seems pretty good. Yeah, and if you bounce it, it gets ridiculous.
1: Uh, I'm a big fan of the um, the elf, the 2-3 three for three, that when it comes into play, it draws a card and ramps you. It triggers itself, too, by the way. Sorry. That's pretty nice. Yeah. That's some good stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, I did play one other deck and it wasn't very good, Um, I played a Blue White Flyers.
0: Yeah, I wondered if it was any good. There has to be a version that is good, there
1: has to be. I had the wrong version, I'm sure of it. Um, My version had like revitalizes and combat tricks, and like, uh, what else, it had prowess, blue prowess creatures with revitalizes and ops to proc them. It just wasn't. I just didn't do it right. I don't think revitalized is supposed to be in like a blue white fight because there are a lot of blue creatures with prowess, mm-hmm. but um, I I think those are definitely supposed to be in the blue red version, not the blue white version at least. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I built it right. So that one was really bad. That one went zero three for me, and I just kept getting run over, man. It was either um, again I was getting beat by red white aggro was a a style i've been seeing and i've been getting beat by i was getting beat by um just green Stomp. just how are you going to deal with my colossal dreadmaw? oh you can't then bye bye and then uh this ractose sack deck that just finds ways to like incrementally like kill all your creatures and stuff and yeah that thing got smoked man It's, it's like all my little flyers just they they stood no chance i felt like i needed a good blocker on the ground that i just didn't have maybe
0: Yeah, or you need some swift response or just ways to deal with their creature's removal. Yeah, something. So then finally in my third
1: draft, after getting beat by so many Colossal Dreadmaws, I first picked like a good green card and then just uh, went for it. It's currently one and one. We'll see how it goes. It's kind of a green, it's mono green, but it has the four or greater theme. Even though it's not splashing red, there's enough cards in green to just do that anyway. Mm-hmm. And then it's got a little bit of a draw two theme too, with some walls that can sacrifice themselves as well as us uh, test and trainings that uh, proc drawing cards as well. Cause there's a bunch of creatures that want you to draw multiple cards. So we'll see how that goes. My first impression though is, um, and again, it's really early to tell right now. My first impression is that the, um, the green stompy decks might be good. The Ractos decks, uh, the Ractos sack decks might be good. Those are the first two that my ears are perking up. Could be totally wrong. Haven't played a bunch. Like, I know the guys at Lords of Limited think that the um, Spells deck is going to be the best. They could totally be right. I haven't played that yet, but on my initial gut, uh, I want to go Big Green Stompy, or I want to go Rakdos Sacrifice.
0: Um, Yeah, uh, the Warded Battlements, the card this is zero three 3 the Defender uh, for three mana, that all your attacking creatures get plus one, plus all, would be great for your Flyers deck.
1: Oh, for sure. I could see that for sure. That sounds really
0: good. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, did you have the signpost for that?
1: No. In that deck, I did not have the signpost. No, I didn't. You know what I did have is a card that I'm not even sure is supposed to be in the deck or not. It's this Uncommon Kraken. Mm -hmm. For 6 mana, you get a 4-6, but then whenever you draw a card, you can spend a mana to tap a creature. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a big butt and all on the ground, but... I think it's supposed to be in an aggressive deck because when you draw a card, you tap a creature, you're drawing a card on your turn usually unless your deck is designed otherwise, right? Right. So maybe this is supposed to be like in a blue-red spells deck to tap your, their creatures on their turn or maybe it is supposed to be in like a blue-white flyers and you're tapping down their flyers and getting in. I don't know. But I had one of those too and that, that didn't seem like the answer.
0: Um, another card I came up against that was very powerful was um, Sab- uh, Sabir- Sabira... Tolzidi, uh, Caravaner. Ooh, that's a two-three for three. It's a rare haste. Um, for one mana, another target creature with two or less can't be blocked this turn, and you can do that infinite amount of turns. Oh wow! And then for one in red and one colorless tap, discard your hand until the end of turn. Whenever a creature you control with power two or less deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So you play your hand out you put this down, you make three creatures unblockable and then you smack them and tap it and get to draw three cards. It's pretty ridiculous.
1: Sounds ridiculous.
0: Yeah, um, that thing was paired up with the signpost that we talked about, the Alpine Houndmaster, which is, you know, whatever, you get to grab that hound out of your hand. They're both two twos, the hound and this guy. Um, so they work with that card I just mentioned. And then whenever this guy attacks, He gets plus X, plus O for however many other creatures are attacking. The Alpine Houndmaster does. So you can imagine when you make all your 2-2s unblockable, then this guy all of a sudden is a 5-2 or whatever hitting unblockable. It's pretty damn good. Do you remember?
1: (laughs) Well, I would like to attack with those and kill my opponent because so far I've been uh, attacking with little things and not winning. But it hasn't been a huge bummer. I mean, it's still fun to play a new set, you know, and to like, if anything, what's been happening to me is I've been drafting, getting a couple games in, realizing the deck isn't good and not wanting to play this deck anymore, but being very excited to try drafting a new deck.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good way to say it. I needed to contemplate, but yeah, I think that's right. I'm excited. I'm definitely excited for Sunday to, to do that up. And, um, I think I'm going to stick to best two out of three for a while until I get a feel for it. Like that's going to be my strategy until I get a better understanding of how the cards interact. So do because, you know. well, I went into this thinking that because it's a core set that it would be a little bit more simplified and there would be less synergies to worry about. And like in the games that I've played against, it's pretty obvious to me that there is much more to be worrying about. It's not just going to be a, uh, slog it out on the battlefield type
1: of set. So, you, do you not like me trolling our patrons and saying that people like Will have to really bring it this week to take me down or that an Arjuna, you know, really needs to knock me off my roost because I am currently the king of Let's Draft?
0: Do you think I'm that's not, a problem? I'm not sure it matters whether I, how I feel about it, honestly. Well I, I, think, I think it
1: matters. I mean we have
0: to you know we have to get along through
1: this whole thing if you're upset with how I'm you know going about this, you know we better work it out right now sean
0: i I think that you know if everything is everything, then it'll be all right
1: well, that's a good way to think of it here's the what I want everybody to imagine when you're playing against me this Sunday and I'm winning is imagine that I'm your big brother's jerk friend putting you in a headlock and i have a really smelly armpit just feel that
0: one of the cars that is a removal that i do think is really good just because i'm most of the other ones don't seem so good is grasp of darkness and that's two black for negative four negative four do i have that right that's correct that's pretty good, and it's instant speed too, right? I, it is, and I think four is the magic number. I, I think that there are a lot of things that getting over the hump of four is the is the key.
1: I had that card played against me. It was very good. I tacked in with a Dreadmaw, and they did that and made it a 2-2, two, two, and then they, like, sacked something and did their Aractose pingy-pingy thing and just killed it before it ever did anything.
0: And it's a common. It's I, 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 I'm, I think it's the best removal. All right. I can dig that.
1: Um, we have a couple reviews, Sean. Nice, I love reviews. Before I get into that, uh this is Let's Draft. I'm Jeff. This is Sean. What we Hi. do is we draft every Sunday with our patrons, and then I talk shit about it. And then, oh, I swore. I don't think we've ever swore on this show, Sean. I just <laughs> did it. First time. What episode seventy-four? First swear uh,
0: word. It might be. I mean, I, I bleeped one out a long time ago when, when Alias V was on. Well, there we go. But so, anyway, she said, she said, Meow. If you want to, uh,
1: you know, draft with us every Sunday to have me be an annoying uh, about the whole thing while Sean is very nice about the whole thing and consider it, then please yeah, yeah. join our patron. And uh, we'll we draft every Sunday, and we're gonna do it this Sunday. We're gonna play some M21 baby. So, hey, if you're already a patron, you're planning on joining us, save up a couple wild cards, you're gonna need them once we uh make our deck in the Heroku app.
0: Let's do this. Yeah, we're gonna. Well, that's true. We're gonna. That's if we're doing this set, we're gonna have to buy a whole bunch of cards, huh?
1: Well, I mean, most of them are gonna be commons, right? And uh, you should have a bunch of common wild cards. You should probably even have a bunch of uncommons. What you're really gonna need is a couple rares and maybe
0: a mythic, and you're probably gonna be set. Okay, Um, I need to hear from our patrons too, whether or not, or from our our listeners, whether or not um, it went live on on. On Mac, so I honestly haven't even tried. I'm still. Yeah, they, boot they released.
1: Oh, they released a whole email, Sean. Did you get your email that said this is how many games you played? Yeah, yeah, stuff? yeah. It's on there. It says now available on Mac. So they wouldn't send that the email
0: if it's not. I gotta check it out then. Okay, flip over and see what it's like. So
1: now, to look back at Acoria... I I used to get this email, and it said you played more games than 95% of people, and it made me feel like a degenerate. I'm getting better, Sean. Now I've only played more games than 80% of people. I'm getting way better. Um, My most drafted commons were Imposing Vantasaur, Memory Leak, and Whisper Squad. My most drafted uncommons were Weaponize the Monsters, Rooting Moloch, and
0: Flourishing Fox. Hmm. Let's see. My most drafted Acoria Commons were Frostville Ambush, Memory Leak, and Gust of Wind. Memory My Leak was both
1: of ours. Interesting.
0: Most drafted uh, Uncommon was Channeled Forest, Swallow Hole, and Weaponize the Monsters. Channeled Force. Did you play with that a lot or was it kind of the card you picked up near the end a lot? I played a lot of Red Blue in the beginning
1: and I played That's that right. card a lot. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. Um, And then, Sean, we got two new reviews on uh, iTunes I want to shout out. Okay. (laughs) This first one makes me laugh. (laughs) It's five stars. And the title is Limited Content is the Best Content. And then here's the description. Okay. Again, five stars. Okay. I love five stars. Turn up your volume, dude. I can't hear anything. (laughs) (laughs) I think that is referring to my one drops but that um we yeah, all know probably. Sean Sean obviously doesn't listen to because he still hasn't told me how to fix my volume on my one
0: drops. We did we did talk about it actually. Yeah, but you
1: you were just like, Oh, you have a simple version. I have the extended uh yeah. secret version and I only know how to work this one. Thank you. You can go take your simple version and maybe upgrade it or maybe just keep having a problem. Oh, I could do it for you, but Sure you could. Sure you could. All right. Oh, but speaking of mixing, did you notice the end of the last episode? I let the song start way early. Dude, it was so Uh, cool. That's tricky. I'm becoming a mixing master. I'm going to do it in this set. I mean, I bet right about now the music's going to be starting since we're going to be wrapping up in a couple minutes.
0: Turn up your microphone. That's not it. I have my microphone all the way up.
1: And it's fine when we record on Zoom, but when I record on just Mm -hmm. GarageBand, for some reason, all the little EQ squiggles are these teeny little things like it's barely registering me. Anyway.
0: Turn up your microphones. Check one, check two. How many mics do we rip on the daily? We say many many money. money. many, many, many.
1: Okay. And then here's the next one from somebody named Ian. I think we've heard of somebody named Ian.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Definitely, definitely. The person that's going to beat you this week. Dementors. Two of them. Always
1: waiting outside for Ian. But hey, when he's with us. Everything's fine, baby. This is a really charming show, and it's the perfect mix of charming goofery and deep diving into MTG drafting. Five stars. Man,
0: I appreciate that. I appreciate it too. I don't know where, I don't think there's any goofery though. It's, it's just, this is very serious. I have got some notes here written down. Yeah. And when I say that I'm the best and that
1: I'm going to beat you all, uh, I'm being very serious.
0: That's true. There is some very truth.
1: serious, and when I'm saying that, um, the whole armpit thing, very serious because I haven't showered for like five days.
0: That's not okay.
1: Well, it's quarantine, baby. All I got, I got to go to the post office like every other day to de- deliver my packages with
0: my mask on. Yeah, but you're still set. You know, you got a family. You got you got a wife and kids. All right, Sean. Let's have some real talk here. Okay. Let's have a,
1: a quick real talk before we're done, though.
0: Okay. Okay. What's going
1: on? This is something i bet a lot of people are struggling with. Okay. My store is shutting everything down at seven, disinfecting the whole store, then letting in a minimum number of people wearing masks to start doing drafts. And those are the only people allowed in the store during these drafts. Okay. I am not super pumped. To get back just because of corona and i already have my outlet with video games however my son this is one of his biggest social outlets is us going on friday nights and he loves it and it's the only time he ever plays magic and i'm struggling right now because i don't think going out is necessarily the right thing to do but i also really want to do it and i don't know like because then it's also like what if we're really safe I don't know, Sean, I'm kind of, what do you think? Cause I'm sure there's a lot of people over the next couple of months who their stores are gonna start to do these limited opening ups. And there's some people who are gonna be upset and say, you shouldn't be doing that. And there's some people who are gonna be really happy and be like, finally, I get to go back to my version of church again. Um, and I don't know, I, I to me, the biggest problem is that you're touching each other's cards when you're handing them around in a draft pot.
0: Yeah. What if you all had to wear gloves?
1: pretty good idea i think the issue is that you forget and then all of a sudden you scratch the corner of your mouth that's what it comes down to i think it's you can you can not wear gloves and you're fine everybody can touch cards you can touch each other's legs you touch what but you can't touch your face and we're also why why legs dude like i'm trying to to get legs man that's weird if we're playing
0: magic and you're touching my leg that's already going to be a problem i
1: touch people's legs all the time when i play magic (laughs) So anyway, Sean, I've been know to now. your
0: store. No wonder. No wonder. It makes sense now. Um, no, well, so there's a, I have a bunch of questions for you. But like, so you, you kind of sound like you're the quandary. You said you want to go, but you're but you don't think it's the right thing to do. I want so, to
1: take Eric. And at the right. same time, I bet if my parents said they were going to bingo and they were right. all wearing masks, I would mm-hmm. be like,
0: what are you doing? So why? What's the separation for you?
1: What's the separation? I don't yeah, like what? compartmentalization. Like I'm able to compartmentalize this because it allows my son to get uh, uh, to be social and not be with just his two grown up parents all the time. Sure, you know but I you mean? could find
0: you could find other ways that were would not include potentially putting him in danger. that could do that, right?
1: Right, and I, it's not even so much danger for him, right? Because most kids, this isn't affecting them. It's more of a larger social issue that we're trying to be part of a society. You know.
0: Well, yeah, but then you got to consider, are you going to quarantine from going to see your parents or for two weeks or, you know, any kind of things like that too. There's a lot to consider. If it's really about his happiness, I I know, I don't, I don't have to guess. I know that you could find a multitude of other ways to him, for him to find happiness in social, you know, to get, to find social happiness too. It's way more difficult right now. That's for certain. But, um. Yeah, I I don't I don't know what the right answer is. My gut tells me right now more than ever that it's better to be safe than sorry. And I know that's an adage, but um, it just feels to me like why risk something so great when there is no true true need? Unless it's a true need, then of course do it. But right. and do it to the safest of your ability. But if it's something that is purely pleasure at this point. I, I don't know. I think that's kind of what the whole thing has brought me around to kind of questioning in the first place is what is really necessary. I've been able to slow down to the point now, which I haven't done in more than two decades. I'm sure a lot of people are feeling not this way. Maybe some people are, but to at least analyze and reflect on some of those things. And so I'm definitely uh, highly taking more consideration. I'll put it that way.
1: All right, let's take it one level deeper, Sean. I appreciate your answer on all that. And I think we're pretty much on the same page. And maybe I should just be looking for something different for us to do. He wants to go camping again. Maybe I should just set up that instead.
0: I would. I, I would find the thing that, and, and maybe just don't open all your packs of M21 and just do a little draft while you're there. You, you know, Christy would get into that for a night.
1: Um, you're not allowed to say my wife's name on the podcast, Sean. How dare you? <laughs> um, all right, so let's go one level deeper. Cause okay. I like to talk to you about these morality things because um, you, know, you studied what philosophy in, in college. Not that that's mm-hmm. important, but I, you have that type of mind, right? Where yeah. I think you have that type of mind at least. Okay. Okay. All right. This is a tough one. Mm-hmm. This is a tough one, Sean. Okay. This is a real life thing too. Oh boy. My grandmother's still around, right?
0: Right. Yeah. It's
1: pretty old, pretty old. And uh, I'm being told, like, go visit her. Because she actually moved up here from... She used to live in Worthington, Minnesota. And she's actually up here right now living with some relatives. Okay. People are like, you should go visit her. She's, like, super, super old, right? And she actually has respiratory problems every morning. She has to use this ventilator thing. She's had to for, like, decades, right?
0: Uh, Okay.
1: And I'm like, I'm not going to visit grandma. She's, like, the most high-risk person. And then people tell me... she doesn't care. She doesn't have that much time left anyway. It's not like she's dying. It's not like my grandma's, like, dying right now. But just in general, whether it's one year, three years, whatever, what they're telling me is she doesn't care because she would rather see people and spend her last years being happy than spend her last years being scared and avoiding everybody. Where's the morality
0: come into play here? This one seems really easy to me. Okay. So... Whenever I hear stories like this or whenever people tell me things like this, the first thing I do is I call grandma. I don't care who told me how or what I should do or why I should do it, right? Whether it's my mom, my dad, my brother, some guy on the street. If, I, if it's about someone that I know that they're telling me I should do it, I just call the person and say, grandma, hi, is it true that you were wanting people to come and see you and you're not concerned at all about getting COVID or any of those things? and you know what does that look like for you and have the conversation with that person and if the person's like yeah i don't care at all i've lived a wonderful life and i just really want to see you and your beautiful son and wife please come and see me then you go and then you know that you've done everything you can and of course you're gonna do all the stuff before you go like not go and play magic at your store that friday and right you're going to do all the things you can possibly do to keep your grandmother safe. But if she understands what she's getting herself into and has made the conscious decision that she wants to see you and that's what she wants, then and, and I think you should do it.
1: Can you stop making these answers sound easy? Because I struggle with them. So I, I'd appreciate it if you didn't make me feel like a...
0: I think we all struggle with things like that. But it's because we're, put, we're actually putting pressure on ourselves, on other people's expectations and not our own. And so when we stop doing that and call the person directly and say, what is it that you want? It's, it's just like this whole thing with, uh, Oh, I don't want to get in. I don't want to get too deep into it. Oh, he's going to get deep people. I don't want to, I don't want to. It's it's the whole problem with why there's still racism in our country is because we don't ask people of color what they need or what they want. We just tell them what they need or want. Same thing with the problem with churches in our country. Oh, yeah, it,
1: It's like when uh, it's like when somebody wants to help out homeless people. So they make little care packages with all the snacks that they like and give it to them when the whole person's like just give me some money man you don't know if i'm allergic to nuts or if i need mouthwash you know that whole idea of we know what people need yeah sorry little rant there
0: no it's it's just it's back to the privilege thing this thing this under this thing of thinking that we have a greater understanding when it's not there's just no truth to right. that so yeah i don't know i struggle with that stuff all the time but um
1: Man, this makes me want to talk about a couple things now. Do you mind going here for a few more minutes? Cause I know we we're I said we were gonna wrap this up a bit ago, but this deep dive has got me thinking of a couple more topics now. Do your thing. Okay. Well, let's talk about how, you know, because of uh uh man, I always I always stumble when I'm about to say it. Like because I think it's because I'm a middle aged white guy and I'm afraid I'm gonna say it wrong, but um I, I want to say protest, I know a lot of people say riots. You know that was a small part of it. I like to say protests. Um, some people say death of George Floyd. I don't know what to call it, but since it happened, um, a lot of corporations are trying to like make a stand right now and show that they're like on the right side of history or whatever, or like get their customers on their side. And um, you know, Magic's doing it by like erasing some old cards that have like racist annotations. But what I want to talk to you about, Sean, is um, Wizards uh, of the Coast is doing something with D anD. D and I know you're a big d and head, and I, I don't know if this is a conjecture, but I heard that they're doing away with the concept of evil races. The idea that there are good races and evil races. And I have opinions mm. on this. Um, because I know, if this is true, I know there's some old hardcore fans who are gonna be like, that's my game, I love it. Why are you changing my game? And I hope I didn't just read something that's not true. Um, but uh, it kind of makes sense, the idea of getting rid of evil races. And here's why I think we got to this place. I don't think the concept of having evil and good races is necessarily the problem. I think that Tolkien-like lore put us in this position in the first place because it always happened to be that the evil races had dark skin and the good races had light skin. I don't think the problem got here because we thought of this game where there are good and bad. It's just through the history, it always seemed like it worked out that way, Like right? Like the white angels are always like a good guy where the ghoul with black skin is, you know, always the bad guy. And I think that's the reason why we got to the point where we're saying, well, now we have to do something about this because we've set this like expectation.
0: Thoughts? Yeah. I mean, that one's difficult for me because I think that he will, I think Tolkien probably was a little bit racist. Right. I, I think he probably did have. I mean, people have written books on that, right? Like how there was gender, or not gender. Excuse me, but there were um,
1: right. Like attrib- all the bad, all the bad guys have darker skin than all the white guys in his story, right? Right. You can, but I've even I've even heard monsters it, and humans, but still, there's a skin thing going on there.
0: I've heard it broken down even further, though, into like the dwarves having, uh, you know, being certain race or religion. Oh, sure and uh, so like every thing in there basically being related to a different culture and i don't know I, I haven't done enough research i can't speak to that educatedly but um it sounds like when you think about it logically it makes sense and seems like that's something that would um be done uh or you know potentially a viewpoint that would be put into words and then easily um absorbed without realizing that, that it was that um, playing effect on you. Yeah. But there's so many things that do that. There's, I mean, just, uh, (laughs) every part of our education system, you know, that we all came up in is that way. Every, every, every part of any institution that we came up in really is separated out that way. Neighborhoods are separated out that way. Every, everything's so on down the line and I'm not saying it hasn't changed. And I'm not saying that I didn't make a conscious effort to leave a place that was more segregated to come to a place that was less segregated. But I still, I live in Oakland, California, and I still feel like that's the case.
1: Well, that's the, what people in the South knock on us Northerners for, right? I don't know if you could still consider your Northerner. I think that's kind of considered the, the Northern, these, these Northern white people who consider, consider themselves progressive but we yeah. tend to always put ourselves in these neighborhoods with people, the same skin color as us. So are we
0: really that progressive? Well, yeah, there's a ton of things you could comment on there for sure. And thank you for saying George Floyd. I appreciate that, that. Yeah. So responsibility for me.
1: So that last thing was, I just want to mention that, uh, Nate, the uh, pumping emoji heart, uh, did send us another, uh, uh, note, just, uh, thanking you for doing that, Sean and also just wanted to make people aware of, uh, I know you care about this, this is quote, I know you care about this stuff, so I just wanted to let you know about another young unarmed black man who was killed by police way back in August 24th, 2019 in Aurora, Colorado. This is only recently garnering more national attention after George Floyd's murder. This beautiful young man was just walking to the store to buy an iced tea, he was confronted by three police for suspicious activity, put into a chokehold, and sedated, sedated with ketamine. He died of a heart attack on his way to the police station. The three officers are still working and face no charges. Young man, with his entire life in front of him, snuffed out at the age of 23. And so, you know, he took the time to type that out to me, so I thought I would take the time to repeat it all to you.
0: I yeah, know that's important that we say that stuff and it happens all the time. Unfortunately, it happens way too often in country or, excuse me, in cities across our country. <clears throat> well, Sunday, Sunday
1: noon, if you want to draft with us, uh, join our, uh, patron and, uh, you can find it at purpleoffproductions.com. By the way, I'm going to be getting rid of magic arena drafting club.com pretty soon because I don't want to pay for the website again next year. It renews in like a couple months. Yeah. When I do it, I have to redo our RSS feed, which means every podcast is going to disappear and then every podcast is going to reappear. I'd like to apologize to everybody now for when that happens because I think what's going to happen is one day you're going to turn on your podcast and it's going to say like 50 episodes of Let's Draft have been downloaded. And it's because I have to re-upload all of them as new podcasts. So sorry about that sorry
0: i'm not i'm not looking forward to that actually can you not do that it's gonna be a bad day isn't it well it's either that
1: or i keep paying (laughs) 120 bucks a year until i don't don't do that so and plus we're not even using the name magic arena drafting club anymore
0: anyway so i want to shout out a, a musician do it evan martin you can go on youtube and um and find him there for sure um evan dando martin no, not Dando. though.
1: Love it, don't turn your head.
0: Well, tell me about
1: heads? Yeah, just let me walk away. Tell me about this artist. He's a
0: friend of mine. Uh, he plays guitar and sings. And uh, he's just a good guy. And I try want to just throw him some love. Does he sing about magic? No, he does real. He's a real stuff. Do you think if I send him the lyrics to Jeff Dunks, he might be able to put something together for the pod? I'm sure he could. I don't know if he will, but he might. Uh, Let's see. Say hello to Evan is where you want to go. Say hello. That's S-A-Y-H-E-L-L-O. To the number two. Evan. E-V-A-N.
1: Thought I might have to say you're asking the wrong guy. All right, Sean. I think that's it.
0: Yeah. I think that's it, too. See you Sunday, buddy. Ah, good luck. I'm coming after you. Oh, good luck to you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.